You're listening to SpecScript. Today's episode, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, by Heidi Hunter. Blah, I'm a teenage Dracula. Hey, speculators, how you doing? It's Chris. What's up? Uh, I hope everything's going well, and if not, I hope it gets better. I hope you enjoy another pre-quarantine episode recorded back in January. Here's Heidi Hunter's amazing episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You know what else is new is uh, we uh, are on Twitch, which I believe you may probably know already, but we're on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash specscript. We are doing episodes every Saturday, usually pairing a classic episode with a brand new episode every Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. So tune in. We're doing some really fun stuff Uh, on Saturday the 11th, which is tomorrow, July 11th, 2020. We are going to be doing Transformers by Aviva Siegel, and we're going to be doing Stranger Things by Salem Gray. Which, a new episode, Transformers, and a classic beloved episode, Stranger Things. So tune in at 1pm Pacific Time, which is a future, or the past in other time zones. And yeah, on Twitch TV. It's free, of course. We get a lot of really good guests. It's been really cool that we get to work with people from you know all over the world uh, who usually are not in Portland. So yeah, things are going as good as they can be. Thank you for your continued support. And love you much. Check us out on Twitch, and more episodes are still coming out on the pod nowish. All right, well, enjoy uh, Buffy and stay strong. Much love. to Spectrum. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Hotomy. I'm one of your other hosts, Shane Hosey. Hey, Andy, you're a producer of the show. I didn't tell you to come on stage with us. Uh, Andy Iwancio, give it up! (laughs) Mamma mia. Uh, Yeah, hey, how's everyone doing? I hope you're doing well. Welcome to Spectrum! Time for the main show. Y'all excited for Buffy the Vampire Slayer! Buffy, 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 Buffy. You made you made pointed eye contact with me. I thought you were gonna say spec script again. I, look, I I'm in a lot of uh, side pain. Um, I was I apologize. I I was out okay. there. I didn't clap because I already gave you a hand. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. So. Uh, Today's episode, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, written by someone who slay queens herself. Everybody, give it up for Heidi Hunter. Uh, Fun, fun, fun. Um, uh, Oh, cool. So, yeah, to to those of you who don't know, you know, but for our listeners at home, Spectrum is the cool podcast where a cool person writes an episode of a cool TV show, and then cool, cool people read it aloud on stage. As I said, today's episode is Heidi Hunter's take on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a a show she hasn't seen, which is shocking. Oh, no. She got dragged by her friends. Uh, She got canceled. Uh, Did anyone here drag Heidi? There you go. Well, the twist is y'all are canceled. Uh, 
this, Let, this is just like Billie Eilish and Van Halen. Yeah, uh, exactly. I've, I've always called Buffy the Vampire Slayer the Van Halen of fantasy shows. Who, who the hell is Van Halen? Yeah. I'm inhaling a van when I need to get a big taxi. So this is our last spec script. All right. All right. So, hey, everyone, give a big round of applause for your amazing cast as they come on stage. Buffy sit in the middle, you know. All right. So we do a fun game at a... At Specscript, you're a, a chair. Um, so we do a, a game where our readers, for you, will say their, and for the listeners at home, uh, say their name, the character or characters they are playing, and then um, a favorite thing. Today, because it's, uh, Buffy's all about monsters, uh, we're doing favorite cryptids. Uh, so yeah, so I'm going to just start off this bad boy by saying, hi, my name is Chris Hottamy. Uh, I am reading the character of Angel. Um, uh, That's a different show. Yeah. Stairway to Heaven, right? Uh, and, uh, and my, well, actually, I was a big cryptozoology kid. Heidi, I don't think you knew this. Uh, I was a huge crypto kid. Uh, I, I was a big follower of Carl P. N. Schuker and Bernard Hoovelman. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm, I, I'm legit. And, uh, I started my own cryptozoology club in elementary school and then brought it over to middle school and then puberty happened and for some reason I didn't care. Uh... I'm gonna answer. It's Oko Pogo. It's yeah. Hey, it's Oko Pogo. Uh, you know, from from Canada. It's a lake monster. It's kind of like a serpent, but with a million qualities. Like it's like an eel, like a big old manatee, but like with teeth. Uh, I mean, man, it is, it is like. Don't you shake your head at me, sir? Chris, calm down. All right, cool. Move on right. to the next person. You're right. I was. I told. All right. I was complaining about how long these ran. Um, <laughs> Hi, I'm Alexandra Jade. I'm playing the character of Hot Nerd. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Like dumb Nerd. Dumb Nerd. <laughs> I can be hot and dumb. Oh, yeah. Hot, dumb, slutty are. Nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some Nerd. Some hot, dumb, slutty Nerd. That's me, Alexandra Jade. Follow me on Twitter. Um, my favorite, <laughs> yeah, at Milk Slut. Um, Milk underscore slut underscore, thank please. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Don't, do not search Milk Slut on Twitter. <laughs> I've made that mistake myself. Um, my favorite cryptid, ooh, I love a good cryptid. Um, I like that bridge with the goat, the goat man. That one's really good. I love anyone that, like, scares people off to bridges and stuff. I love burning a good bridge myself, so I think that's, that's my answer. Hello, I am Jamie Carbone. Um, I, should I say, or should I let my character be a surprise? I'm playing question mark. And my favorite cryptid is, uh, for West Virginia Pride, the Mothman. Oh, yeah. What up, what up? I suck the Mothman's dick in Point Pleasant. Uh, my name's Kara Moorhart. I will be playing Willow today. Woo! I know, I'm very excited. Um, my favorite is probably the Chippecabra. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, they like goats. So that's it. 
Yeah, give it up for Willow. Um, I don't know why I'm here. I'm playing new mom, and I'm apparently the whitest person on this cast. Because the white mom that was already here was replaced by me. Um, I'm Caitlin Nolan. I'm playing Mrs. Rimsky, the guidance counselor. And my favorite cryptid is, of course, Slenderman. of this shit show of a script. And, and um, oh, I am playing Buffy. Because I'm the only motherfucking blonde in this room. Uh, no, it, uh, and I, my favorite, well, my favorite cryptid has got to be the, 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 the most fuckable one, which is invariably Bigfoot. <laughs> Big feet, I mean. <laughs> So that's easy. Hi, I'm Jeremiah Coughlin, and uh, who am I? Oh, I'm Spike. I'm Spike. Is that good? I've never seen. I don't know anything about the show. I've never seen it. I don't know. Uh, and I, are leprechauns cryptids? Does that count? All right. I'd also fuck a leprechaun. Again. Thank you. I'm Andy Luancio. <laughs> I was that good of a heel, huh? Uh, I'll be playing mom. <laughs> Where's the clap for that? <laughs> uh, my favorite cryptid, I'm from Baltimore. And we don't have we have a we have a knockoff of the Loch Ness monster called Chessie. Yeah! If if there were enough seasons of The Wire, it would probably get to Chessie. <laughs> Chessie would definitely be selling drugs. Frank <laughs> in the Inner Harbor. <laughs> yeah. I'm Shane Hosey. I'm going to do the narration and stage direction. And my favorite cryptid is my self-respect. <laughs> I thought Some you were say it's out there, <laughs> but we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> All right, everyone, give it up for your amazing cast! <laughs> and now it's time to start Specscript! Today's episode, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, written by Heidi Hunter. <laughs> Exterior, high school, day. We open with a classic shot of a regal mid-century American high school, the kind with beautiful Greco-Roman moldings, banks of shiny aluminum lockers, and classic porcelain water fountains with the whites-only signs above them removed. (laughs) A booming brass bell rings and we cut away to a hallway packed with the rafters with 28-year-old MFA students desperately aiming for the camera in their puka shell necklaces and body glitter till we zoom in on an open locker which bangs shut to reveal a sparkling, truly lovely blonde. Hi, 
I'm Buffy. And I'm just your average, mediocre white man's idea of a teenage girl in 1999. Flirty and witty and flat-stomached. I've never had body odor or bled through my, through my low-rise flare jeans. And I'm mature beyond my years because my dark secret definitely makes me sexy and complex and not a literal child soldier with decades of trauma therapy to look forward to. The actress who plays me is 30. Um, hey, Buffy, how's that valedictorian speech coming? Uh, you gonna roast Principal Weedler? <laughs> you know it! I can't wait to bust out of this well-funded, well-funded school in a visibly affluent district. God, what a prison. Smash cut to a close-up of Buffy with noticeably darkened eyeshadow. A subtle clue. But my real prison is my calling as a slayer. On top of hormones, SATs, and bullying the girls and mathletes, I carry with me the existential burn- burden of hunting, torturing, torturing, killing, banishing, maiming, and otherwise performing unspeakable acts of cruelty against the minions of evil sent to destroy this world. But it's cool, I'm not like desensitized or anything. I, I only slaughter demons and vampires who don't wanna fuck me. <laughs> Two students come into focus behind her. One is a brooding dude in a crew neck woolen sweater, even though it's clearly like June. And the other is a redhead in docks and flannel carrying a dog-eared copy of Sappho. You do the math. You do the math! Hey, Buffy, uh, you're gonna be at study hall later? We'll have extra pencils and apples uh, and other dopey treats that denote I'm the wholesome romantic interest in this show. I'll read you dreary Irish poems about drinking myself to death over lost love. It'll be fun. Yeah, you should come uh, help me. uh, My college application letters. Yeah, I just, you know, have a hard time putting myself out there. And uh, you're always so confident and good with words. And I... Oh, guys, I really wish I could tag along and help you use a thesaurus to look up synonyms for repressed. But it's the (laughs) ambition... But as the ambitious girl power lead of this show, I can't let anything stand in the way of my dreams. And right now, I've got an appointment to make those dreams a reality. Oh, man. You got a, you got a date with old Mrs. Rimsky, huh? Uh, tough luck. They say she'll eat you alive if you have less than a C average. <laughs> Luckily, I have a 4.5 GPA, despite li- literally never visibly studying or doing homework. It's all thanks to my secret weapons, the screams of the vanquished undead that, that drive my waking hours and Ritalin. Cut to the guidance officer, counselor's office where a yellowing hang-in-there poster droops askew against a nicotine-stained wall. A stern, distinguished older woman in another fucking inexplicable sweater sits behind a well-weathered de- oak desk with large stacks of manila folders scattered everywhere. Buffy sits in one of those humiliating little two small plastic school desk chairs and across her like a bad porn set. Look, I know fuck Whittington University is selective, but it's the best law school out there, and I'm confident that with my GPA and extracurriculars, I have a real shot at getting accepted. Come on, Mrs. Rimsky, I just need you to send them my AP test results. I, I know you're swamped with ensuring all of our futures by sitting in this former janitorial closet smoking Newports all day, but this is my dream. <laughs> And we all know that nothing is more important than a teenage girl who dreams of taking Zoning Law 301. Look, hon, 
I would love nothing more than for one of my students to get into fuck Whittington. It'd be an honor to roll up to the annual guidance counselor's gala with that feather in my cap. Piss off Laurie and that bunch of haughty Ivy League pricks. But if you're serious about attending one of the most elite law schools in the country, we need to get down to brass tacks about what's holding you back. What do you mean? Raskrimsky peers over the half-moon glasses at the blonde bombshell with a look of pity. She extends her talon-like fingers to snatch a manila dossier off the top of a nearby stack and opens it in front of her like a spell book. She recites from the top sheet. Buffalo and Summers. Buffy blushes and stares at her feet, humiliated. Do you really think that any law school in the country is going to invest in Buffalo Ann Summers, attorney at law? Huh? Answer me. No, no, ma'am. Damn straight they aren't. Look, Buffalo, you're a smart, capable girl with all the potential in the world as a cishead blonde white woman of moderate ability. And comparatively extreme privilege, don't squander it clinging to a name your dope fiend parents got from some vision quest in the SoCal desert back in 85. I mean, nobody was even doing ayahuasca back then, but there were Dan and Judy shitting their pants, weeping at how small sand is. can just change and my name. Why not? It says here you turned 18 last week. Celebrated by getting food poisoning at the Chili's by the Davenport strip mall. I don't recommend going there, by the way. The line cook Greg sticks his dick in every order going to a customer with tits. Probably what got you sick. Wait, how, how, how did you... It doesn't matter, Buffalo. All that matters is the choice that lays before you. Buffalo is the only name I've ever known. And Do you want to be a lawyer? It, yes. Do you want to be one of those shady personal injury lawyers who runs daytime TV ads and only shops at TJ Maxx? <laughs> or do you want to be a real lawyer, one who bills clients for $300 steak lunches and has custom monograms on everything they own? The choice is yours, Buffalo. <laughs> Success takes sacrifice. Are you willing to make that sacrifice and become who you were destined to be? Or are you content to dig through the bargain bins for a knockoff Michael Kors bag while representing workman's comp scammers? (laughs) Without a name you can put on an embossed, non-recyclable business card, what chance do you have? (laughs) To put it simply, with a name like Buffalo, fuck Whittington University will not fuck with you. We zoom in on Buffalo's suspiciously acne-free face, punctuated with those late 90s sperm brows that everyone had despite flattering exactly no one. And we see the fearsome resolve of a slayer hardened in her obviously post-puberty features. Smash cut to Buffy marching back to the class across the quad, when out of nowhere, a vampire named Spike, who is both heroin-chic incarnate and looks like he was electrocuted while drinking a surge, (laughs) emerges from behind a dumpster. Hey, Buffy, can we talk? Oh, Jesus, Spike, don't do that, you emaciated shitbag. Don't you have to go, like, don't you have to, like, go collect cherub cum to gel your hair with or something? 
Sorry, I don't know what to do after you got caller ID. You were calling my house at 2 a.m. to breathe into the receiver like you were the Zodiac Killer, Spike. I just had to see you. Why, Spike? You broke my heart once already. What could you possibly have to say to me anymore? I got a belly button ring for you, remember? With your initials as dangly charms? Look, I'm sorry you made a bad fashion choice. Look, hey, remember? Oh, I had to take it out with pliers, and then it got infected, and then I had to spend junior prom in the ER getting IV antibiotics because you couldn't keep your ice-cold, drippy little vampire dick in your pants? Look! I'm not the one who didn't follow proper post-piercing care instructions. You cannot just use hydrogen peroxide as a sterilizing agent. The woman of Claire's was very clear. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up before I stake you and dump your stupid bony corpse in this dumpster on top of the cheese zombies. I'm lactose intolerant. I know, you lecherous freak show. Look, I came all the way from Mordor to warn you. Oh, 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 so now you have to cross over into someone else's intellectual property to get your dick sucked? Is that, is that what you're here to tell to tell me now? To, to brag about some orc cradling your slimy ball sack? Buffy! As a beloved anti-hero of this series, I'm contractually obligated by established narrative trope to tell you that I'm trying to save your fucking life. Kay. I heard you were planning on changing your name. And oh, wait, I, uh, wait. How, how did you hear that? Word travels fast in the writer's room, but you don't understand is that your powers are attached to your name. Every Slayer's can consecrated by name by the Archangels of Mercy in the Book of Untold Fuckery. If you change your name, you lose your powers. And if you lose your powers, every demon, vampire, and monster with an axe to grind against you will be at your door by sundown and you won't have your abilities to protect you. That seems like a really stupid system. Did Joss just, like, shit that out? Or... <laughs> Nah, archangels did. But they're literally wheels made of feathery eyes. They have a lot of other shit to worry about. Okay, so what you're saying is if I change my name, I'll be dead by sunrise. And if I don't change my name, I'll never be a lawyer, which is as good as dead. Well, I'm definitely not saying the second part. But... So, so what I'm hearing is that you just, you just want me dead. Look, I just, I know I fucked up. My entire character arc may revolve around making shitty decisions that hurt you. <laughs> Regretting them immediately, but never fully experiencing apt consequence for my actions because cheekbones and in you, I don't know what that word is, but I don't want you dead. A blurry figure plows into Spike full force, knocking him against the dumpster. We see Angel fists up, ready to break Spike's concave little bitch ass. Buffy leaps up between the two men before Angel lunges forward to kick in Spike's piss-yellow teeth. Stop, Angel! Look, I know you're just trying to protect me. What's he doing here? He's trying to help. Oh, ho, ho, ho. He's trying to help, eh? He certainly didn't help when he ditched you next to that abandoned sanitarium with the banshee. Angel, please. He wasn't helping when he tried to bone the Jersey Devil. Yeah, well, she was... She was in heat. He was distracting her so we could set up a trap. He was also racist towards that Wendigo. Wait, what? 
He called the Wendigo a savage. You said what? Wait. That is... Is that the word? Is that word not okay? No, no, it's not okay. Not for network television. Jesus. Well, I'm sorry. I'm 7,300 years old. Yeah, another red flag I should have paid more attention to. Who the fuck leaves calling cards anymore, you Victorian weirdo? I'm 6,900 years old. Nice. 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 Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Look, I came to warn you about changing your name and offer my guidance and connections. If it's what you really want to do, this raises the stakes and sustains dramatic tension between the two dueling love interests. Fucking crack to 13-year-old viewers. The scribe that guards the book of untold fuckery owes me some favors. And I told, and I came here to offer to escort you to the Grove of Cloven Agony to get a change in the book before you change it on Earth so your powers transfer intact. Buffy, don't trust him. You don't need to be a lawyer. You can marry me. A sentient fisherman's sweater. No, I... Look, I can't. I... Look, I have to follow my dreams, and this is the only way that I guess I have to trust the man wearing a leather jacket shaped like a mailbox. (sighs) Well, if you're going, I'm going with you. Can you just, like, wait here? This will literally take, like, 20 minutes. Don't you have to go to class? No, no, Angel's right. It's definitely better to advance the rising action of the script if he comes with us. What about me? I haven't had that much screen time, which is weird since I'm Buffy's best friend. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say you're my best friend, but like, <laughs> we're, we're, we're definitely close, but... Buffy, you need to go home and get your Slayer's amulet first. You left it on your dresser. Wait, how did you, how did you know that? Well, it's definitely not because I sleep in the bushes outside your house. <laughs> is everyone fucking in love with me? Yes. <laughs> Look, I cannot be the only in this fucking universe. I am, a, I am an 18-year-old girl. My idea of a date is loitering at the Orange Julius till we get kicked out of the mall. Why the fuck do we waste any goddamn celluloid on teenagers' love lives in the first place? Look, take it up with Joss. We don't have time. Cut to the gang marching up to a modest ranch house with an obscene number of wind chimes on the front porch. Like... <laughs> An absurd number. Like, the kind of excess that makes you actually wonder if there's a homeowner's association number you can call. <laughs> this has to be a violation. Out front is an older woman, older woman in Tevis and Asari, which in 1999 would have been amusing and worldly, but now just seems racist and dopey. She, she gives off that earth mothery sort of turfy vibe. <laughs> Sweetie, you're home early. Mom, have you seen my amulet? Which amulet? Do you mean the shell necklace Aunt Celia sent from Jamaica? Oh, that goes so pretty with your blouse you're wearing. No, 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 no. The, the one that's a pretty go- standard goth skull except way too big for my breadbox-sized torso that doesn't fit my style at all, but no one comments on it or asks why a teenager in a wet seal crop top is wearing an ancient piece of cursed vampire's gold. <laughs> oh, that one. Uh, I put it in the safe before we leave on vacation. You know how your father worries about robbers. I thought you wouldn't mind if I tucked away your favorite necklace in the fireproof safe 
while we're in Hawaii. I already put my wedding ring, your, your father's back issues of Hustler, and, and the family weed in there. Mom, what's the combination? I need that ambulance. It's important. What's the rush, sweetie? Rest I- in peace, Neil. <laughs> Look, I need to venture into the Shadow Vale and get the blessing of the Archangels of Mercy to change my name in the Book of Untold Fuckery so that I can change my name here on this plane from Buffalo to something normal like Elizabeth or Grace so I can go to law school and join the cast of Allie McBeal so my career doesn't bottom out and... Wow. <laughs> sweetie, where is all this malevolent, anxious energy coming from? Why do you want to change your name? Your father and I put a lot of thought and love and meditation into your name. Well, Mom, I can't submit college essays under the name Buffalo Ann Summers, can I? Look, it was a nice first draft, A for effort, but I'm changing it to Elizabeth and going to fuck Whittington University, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. Plus, the entire the site consult has already booked filming at one of the Seven Sisters for the next season. I don't even really know why we're drawing out all this expository banter. <laughs> You will do no such thing, young lady. You can't change your name without your original birth certificate in hand. And you and I both know the WB has terrible instincts when it comes to programming. The fact, the fact that Smith agreed to displace an entire sorority house for a week is no guarantee. Your birth certificate is in the fire safe with everything else. Why'd you name her Buffalo, anyway? Mom, don't. Oh, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) It's such a beautiful story. Dan and I were enjoying a lazy Sunday on the edge of Death Valley in our little Winnebago. We called her Winnie the Winnie. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing special, just two crazy kids in love performing crystal purges on each other. And snorting a truly heinous amount of ketamine (laughs) while watching Bonanza. (laughs) And well, one thing led to another, as it is wont to do with Michael Landon on TV. And we made this little angel right here, there on the Davenport. Mom, for fuck's sake. And at the moment of conception, a luminous orb filled with light came into the trailer and emerged a majestic ethereal buffalo who then shit on the rug and told us that our daughter would be blessed and cursed as one who shall ride the light and if we wish to protect her to give her a name made of light and she would be protected from harm so we named her Buffalo after the beautiful message and and after Dan's sister who we stopped talking to after she was born again and started wearing floral length denim skirts and homeschooling her kids. Wow. Yeah, homeschooling is a pretty big step backwards. Hold on. Did the buffalo ever identify themselves to you? How do you know he wasn't a demon in disguise trying to curse you or Buffy? No, we just assumed if you wanted to kill the mood and prevent Buffy from being born, he would have just flicked Bonanza off. (laughs) Would have dried me right up. Did the buffalo have a crest or like a pendant? 
Like a giant hypnotic medallion around its name, neck, like Flavor Flav, but, but with actual stage presence? Yes. Yes. It was circular and shimmering and had a strange symbol etched into it. Willow pulls out a notebook and a Sharpie from her book bag and scribbles something hastily on it. Um, did it, did it look like this? It's clearly a leaky dick with a hairy ball sack. <laughs> Mom nods solemnly. Spike, Angel, and Willow are audibly crushed, as if Chloe Kardashian decided to move to Connecticut, let her fillers expire, and get a job at Gentle Dental. <laughs> Welp! What does that mean? It means that the spirit who convinced your mother to name you Buffalo was actually Brad, a trickster demigod, and he tricked your mom so they could track you more easily with a dumb weird name no one has used since the 30s. You mean the buffalo? His name is Brad. He's not a buffalo. He's a fallen seraphim and a real shitlord. Gave my sister the clap and then pretended she gave it to him. Jackass. So Brad then was trying to hurt my baby? He was probably contracted probably contracted by Beelzebub. Your daughter is in deep with these. Wait, wait. The, the whole reason I'm constantly inundated with monsters and demons is because my mom named me after some frat boy demon in a buffalo costume on a mission from the devil himself? Well, you were born to be a slayer, but the name made it easier for malevolent forces to perform a pretty basic homing spell and find you without having to sort through a shit ton of Jessicas. <laughs> You're a marked woman, buff. Well, Mom, I'm glad that worked out. Kudos on all the thought you put into my name. Very cool to know that that's why I've spent literally every night since my first homecoming dance fighting vampires and shit. Sweetie, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. You gonna give me my birth certificate now? Of course, sweetheart. I'll go get it now. Amulet too! Yes? Yes, dear. Dumb culture virtual bitch. <laughs> if we hurry, we can get to the Grove by sundown. They're probably tracking us now. What? Wait, why would they... Who the fuck is they? Why does everyone know more lore than me? I'm the fucking slayer here. Why am I the least prepared for all of this? Because Joss gave you a gym membership and Invisalign to prep for filming, and we had to read the Necronomicon. Let's go. Smash cut to the gang, plus Numa marching through a graveyard that is very clearly a half-deconstructed Adam's Family reunion set. There is a fake-ass owl hooting somewhere at a fog machine spewing conspicuously in the corner. Almost there. Do we even have studio permission to be here? Look, Smith is charging the studio 10K a day to film on their campus. We gotta cut corners where we can. Just don't touch anything. They said David Payne still haunts this set, wailing for the ghost of Raul Julia. <laughs> Rip. Miss Rimsky steps into the soundstage, her stuffy twin set in tweed replaced by lumpy black PVC and a skew matted Elvira wig and a dog collar. She looks like she's just come from a Halloween party at the neighborhood swingers' sex basement. <laughs> Not so fast. Mrs. Rimsky, what... What are, what are you wearing? It's called fashion, sweaty. Look it up. <laughs> no, look, no, no, look. I, I'm not trying to yuck your yum or anything, but that cat suit is way too big in the waist. I got it on Wish. 
It was one size fits all. Oh, okay, yeah, there's your problem. Do you have any anti-chafing gel? Monistat makes a good one. No, would that ruin the sheet? No, 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 but it would keep it from bunching up in the crotch like that. I, I bet wardrobe had some. Like, half the cast is wearing BDSM gear from Party City, yeah, so. That's, that's good to know, yeah. Anyways, I'm here to thwart your plan. Yeah, 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 I kind of gathered, but why? Oh, my dear stupid girl, you can't imagine why. All my life, I've been a character actor. Just a little no-name supporting cast hobgoblin who never got a crack at the big roles. I had one callback in 1989 with some coked-up closet case of a producer who decided I wasn't fuckable enough to feature but competent enough to string along to be on book at studio auditions. You don't deserve Allie McBeal, you little peroxide-headed tramp. I do! I'm walking into Allie McBeal casting with decades of experience and an entire wardrobe of courtroom-appropriate skirt suits. You're doomed to slay in this dopey little supernatural rom-com for all time, or at least until Joss decides you aren't fuckable enough to star and reboots the series with a younger, poorless brunette and a whole slew of supporting actresses and crew he can cheat on his wife with while claiming to be a feminist warrior. This is my script. Anyways, yeah. anyways, Josh he, he, what? Sweden. Yeah, it's it's real gross. Willow. Oh my God! Don't they have children? Yeah, three. Jeez. Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ! What does being monogamous have to do with being a feminist? I mean, I really don't see how. Shut the fuck up, Spike. Yes. You're not a good ally, Spike. Spike. If respecting, honoring, and elevating women is something you claim to support, but you can't be bothered to honor your fucking marriage vows, it kind of makes you look like a disingenuous prick. I see. <laughs> well, look, Mrs. Rimsky, I'm sorry that you never got the shot that you deserve, but that, that isn't my fault. I never said it was, you little hussy. <laughs> I'm doing what I have to do to eliminate the competition and protect my own future. I'm going to play Diane Hartford, the tough but fair elder stateswoman of rival generic law firm Hartford and Neville, if I have to kill every up-and-coming starlet in this nepotistic shithole to do it. Miss Rimsky shoots her hand out, and a jet of green light emerges like a fireball towards Buffy, who bats it away with ease and annoyance, like come from a dude in Crocs. Like it, sorry. Hold on. Like a come on from a dude in Crocs. Like a come. (laughs) One come, please. (laughs) Can it be both? Can it be both? (laughs) Try again, you mothballed old has-been. I'm hot shit, and I know how to audition. If you can't be happy for another woman's success, then what kind of feminist are you? If you can't use your platform and influence to help women with less privilege, what kind of feminist are you? This is insane. Why are we even doing this? Buffy, you know you could attach your name to any project you wanted and it would get green lit in a heartbeat. Nora, you know it isn't Buffy's fault. Roles for older women are fucking caricatures. We can't win if we're continually pitted against each other. 
I guess this is what happens when men are the gatekeepers to the platforms and resources we need to tell our own stories. <laughs> Shut up. Now, girls, I think we can all agree that feminism isn't... Shut up, Mom! Wait, wait, wait who, who, are, who are you? Why, why are you wearing my TV mom's clothes? Mom has been replaced entirely. Instead of an earthy hippie in linen gauchos, the woman standing where Janice Janice stood like five seconds ago is now a Laura Bush doing mission work in Calcutta vibe. Like there is no way these two people would have been at the same casting calls. What the fuck happened here? My apologies. It's my first day on set. And I saw the producer's nipples. The PA sending me the script. And he said, you're the only one that saw my nipples. So here you go. You got the job. Well, it's, it's Janice on a SAG break or what? Oh, can we? I'd fuck a truck for a cigarette right now. No, uh, she, uh, 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 it was brought to the attention of the studio that she was expecting and needed time off for fielding. And the producer decided that what was shooting on location at Smith and the quick turnaround for the next season, the best choice of moving forward was to recast the role in the interest of a black that- woman. <laughs> That's fair. But. <laughs> but. They fucking recast my mom? And they thought I wouldn't notice? What the fuck kind of body snatcher shit is this? I was told that she retained full benefits. Wait, wait, wait. Who did you read with? What? Did you audition? No, I just saw the producer's nipples. Look, I was told I'd be doing the studio a huge favor by stepping in with such little prep. Wait, you were doing them a favor? It was for a family friend. Look, my name is Leslie Hampton. Greg is my... Greg Hampton, senior producer, right? That Greg? Yes. They didn't want to put out a whole casting call. They just wanted someone reliable. I have 11 years of theatre experience. And I'm sorry. It was never my intention to cause all of this animosity. But I bet Janice no ill will. I sent her her flowers in a onesie. You you replaced a well-liked castmate who was fired for getting pregnant. I'd say you should have prepared for a handful of hard feelings on set. Listen, you the best friend. Shut up. Anyway, uh, I understand that this may not have been the decision that anyone wanted, but I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't my call. Joss had to find a word. Joss didn't even have me read with you, Leslie. He didn't even ask if I was comfortable with any of this. Joss Whedon comes climbing out of the ficus covered in fake-ass spider webbing. Vo, 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 vo. What the hell is going on? <laughs> we haven't even finished principal shooting here. Nothing, Joss. We're just, we're just talking. About how hard it is to tell authentic stories about our lives at all stages and from different perspectives of all the showrunners, producers, and most of the writers are male. Huh. I see. <laughs> well, Nora, I'm sorry you feel that way but I don't exactly see you knocking down doors, script in hand. Actually, I've read her script between takes, you know. Set life gets a little tedious. Hold on, Nora? You wrote a script? Yeah, she wrote this fantastic gender-reverse adaptation 
of the Rats in the Walls, where the lead Jane discovers her ancestors are part of a fertility cult that performed ritual surgery, incest, and cannibalism to preserve the family line. Wow. That sounds interesting. It's really terrific. Nora, can I read that? Yes, of course. What's your email? Yes, yes, yes. This all sounds very fascinating. But what I want to know is why my actors are talking about me like I'm a monster. (laughs) Janice will be fine. She needed the time off. I made the call in her best interest. The shooting schedule is going to be brutal. I don't want her to have to use a breast pump in her trailer. Sir, how much of Buffy's dialogue do you write? I don't know. Probably 80%. But I created her. I understand her best. And I... I I thought you said you based Buffy on someone you knew. I did? <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I did. Did you focus group the show with teen girls? Did Sarah have any input on the character or her development? Did you do anything to make sure that the women in your writer's room had the power and the respect to point out when something didn't ring authentic to their lived experiences as teens? Did you take precautions to make sure that your position of power did not mean that the women who you fucked on set found themselves unable to decline your advances without experiencing professional repercussions? Did you clear Janice's termination with SAG and offer her an appropriate severance package? Was her termination even legal under the Family Medical and Leave Act of 1993? Okay, stop it. Just stop it. Look, I understand your frustrations, and I regret not doing more to promote an atmosphere of equality, but this is ridiculous. We're obviously doing something right. We're the top-rated show on air. We have six million viewers every Thursday. Teen girls all over the country are getting highlights like yours, Buffy. All because you're the embodiment of a cool, strong, self-actualized young woman. It's the role of a lifetime. Can I have a boyfriend who's nice to me then? (laughs) What? Every love interest I've ever had on this show has been manipulative, exploitative, controlling, several centuries older than me, or just a massive shithead. I would really like to show young women that a, what a healthy teen relationship can look like. And, and without the sex shamey stuff, either. Well, I mean, I don't want to lose the dramatic stakes. <laughs> we can have dramatic stakes without making her crush try to rape her Josh. Uh, it might be interesting if I took a season off the main storyline to go back to Ireland and face some of my demons, you know. <laughs> Show what processing grief can look like for men. Look! If you want to completely rewrite the coming season, be my guest. But I've poured a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into season four, and I have better things to do than get strong-armed into turning my spooky teen girl fantasy show into some kind of feminist manifesto with keynote speakers Blondie McAirhead and be actress Frieden. <laughs> your idea of mining your own psychology is probably taking a bunch of Cosmo sex quizzes. You couldn't write snappy dialogue if you possessed Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> you want to demonize me because I had a little fun with some starstruck PAs? Fine. You can take your bullshit outrage and walk your ass back to the unemployment line, you ungrateful little bitch. <gasps> I do not. <gasps> Blarney Stone. Willow? Got a banishing charm on ya? Sure do. Leslie? 
Yes. Hold him. Wait, what are you? Listen, I don't know that this will solve anything. Leslie, if you don't pin him like an exotic moth right now, I will banish your Chico's ass too. Leslie dropkicks Wheaton in her badly fitting Tevis and puts him in a linchpin. Wheaton is stunned and indignant but capably contained. Everyone, stand in a circle. Hands out, think distant thoughts. The group obliges, circling up with both resolve and jitters, like a supernatural high-stakes trust exercise. Ready? Ready. They hold their hands out. Willow has a charm in hers. She chants while the others hum in a low tone. Septumoma predatore, septumoma fragile, septumoma vanished. Willow repeats this chant over and over until the charm in her hands begins to hover and spreads into a giant swirling vacuum of light. A dimensional portal. Buffy shouts over the din of space and time. Leslie, time to let go! No, I created you! You need me! I'm the only one the studio will listen to! You can't pitch for shit! You're nothing without me! We'll see about that fuckface! <laughs> Leslie releases Whedon as he is sucked into the portal. The portal promptly collapses in an overwrought laser light show, like a Mach 1 Stargate visual effect. <laughs> and all that remains is a pungent-ass-heavy sulfuric smoke lingering around them. There is an exhaled silence between the gang, as though they all went through brunch after the orgy and are relieved to find it's not awkward. <laughs> Wow, now what? I guess we, we talk to the studio? <clears throat> I suppose I should apologize for trying to destroy you. No, we're, we're cool, just like, don't bottle up resentment like that. It seems pretty unhealthy. Agreed, agreed. I guess I was just so focused on getting ahead, I lost sight of who it hurt and how my actions reinforced pre-existing misogynist power structures. Hmm. <laughs> Happens to us all. Nora. Somebody said it. We've all been there. Do you uh, want help practicing your pitch? I really love your script. I bet we could come up with the right angle to get the studios interested. That would be very nice, Willow. Thank you. Red or white? Huh? Do you like red or white wine? Oh. Uh, I like Hefeweizens. <laughs> Figures. What? So what am I supposed to do then, huh? Languish in problematic obscurity? No, Spike, you're supposed to get a fucking therapist and work through your shit. <laughs> Maybe show our young male audiences you can be a fuck-up and work hard to be better and heal. Sad covers therapist. Get a phone book. Make some fucking phone calls. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, Spike, I have a good one, too. <laughs> really listens to my fears about eternal damnation. <laughs> can I get their number? Uh, yeah, sure. She has a weekend office hours, too. Buffy, do you mind if we take care of the name change tomorrow? I mean it when I say I don't want to hurt you. I'm making therapy a priority is what I need to do. Stop hurting people I care about. I should start that process before I start trying to win people back with supernatural favors. I hear you. I appreciate that. I still want you to pay half my fucking ER bill for the belly button ring. 
The gang slowly files out of the graveyard into the night. We hear laughter and Spike running into a garbage can. In a distance, we hear the sense of the anguished moans of Hollywood producers simultaneously waking, drenched in sweat, reeling from their feverish nightmares about the one thing they hold in terror, female executive producers. The end. tell you about things that you should check out about them. Uh, Jamie Carbone is gone. He's R.I.P. Give it up for Jamie Carbone. Uh, Andy Iwancio also gone. R.I.P. We've lost a lot. Um, then give it up for Kara Moorhart. You, you got anything cool to talk about? No, cool. Ash Joyner. Caitlin Nolan. Oh, cool. Jeremiah Coughlin. Just follow people on Twitter. Um, what? Yeah, follow me on Instagram. It's just right. my name. I do a lot of cool stuff. Check mm-hmm. it out. And uh, Alexandra Jade. Someone followed me on Twitter during this. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, and your writer of tonight. Give it up for Heidi Hunter. You got, you got anything going? All right. Uh, that's been Shane Hosey. That's been Chris Hottamy. Uh, what last to tell you? Hey, uh... I'm going to delete all that from the podcast, which you should listen to. Please give us reviews. That helps the stats. Then give it up for Brian in the sound booth. Give it up for Aaron who videotaped. Holgate for taking photos. Jaron George for being cat dad. Uh, you all are amazing. Uh, yada, yada. Uh, I'm going to put a piece of paper out somewhere if anyone wants to be on an email thing. Uh, just i got to remember to do that because I will forget. Oh, give it up for Dan. Oh, uh, yeah, thanks, Dan. Uh, and, yeah, uh, actors stay on so we can get a photo of the team. But remember... This show happens here in, uh, happens in Portland every second Sunday of the month. Every time. Never misses one. We also happen in Seattle. You know, we're finding a new venue. Uh, we like Seattle. We're going to be starting our Sacramento show Give soon. Give Hottamy a microphone, in... and he just stops. What? Oh, <laughs> I am mad at you. Um, uh, you just ended, the, you interrupted the end. All right, all right, so we're going to be in Linwood. We're going to be in San Francisco twice. We're going to go back to Sacramento. We're going to be back in Seattle. We're going to be in North Carolina. We're going to be in South Carolina. We're going to go to Ohio. We're going to go to New Hampshire. And we're going to go all the way to Washington, D.C. Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Thank you for listening to SpecScript. Tune into twitch.tv slash specscript every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific time for new episodes. Love ya. Stay strong. <laughs>